Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and candidate Q&A, so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 414 of the Recruiting Future podcast. One thing that really annoys me is when commentators, consultants or vendors offer advice to talent acquisition teams that doesn't recognise just how complex organisational hiring dynamics can be. Change is constant, but driving effective change in a complex organisation that radically improves talent acquisition is incredibly challenging. My guest this week is Jenny Cote-Kangas, Director, Digital Experience, Talent Acquisition at Regis Corporation. Jenny has an incredible story to tell about the power of adopting a beginner's mindset to use technology to transform talent acquisition in a highly complex company. This is a must-listen interview. Hi, Jenny, and welcome to the podcast. Good morning or good good evening, I guess, on your side of the world. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Absolutely. Um, hello, everybody. My name is uh, Jenny Cody Kangas. Friends call me JCK. And I am the Director of Digital Experience, uh, Talent Acquisition for Regis Corporation. Now, before we go on and get into your story and some of the things that we're going to talk about, Give everyone a a kind of an introduction and a background to your organization and the the sort of rather unique talent acquisition challenges that that it faces. Absolutely. So um, I work for Regis Corporation. We're a 100-year-old company that you probably don't know of by Regis Corporation. Um, You may be familiar with one of our 60-plus brands in the salon industry. Uh, Those are uh, companies like Supercuts or Smart Style, First Choice Hair, Rooster's Men's Grooming Center, Cost Cutters, and more. And so um, I developed talent acquisition solutions for our franchisees in the salon industry so that they can um, find, hire, and retain staff, which is really important in our world because robots can't cut hair. And so when we're looking at talent acquisition, um, it's critical in my space because we can't open our doors if we don't have the talent. Tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to do what you do now. Absolutely. So a little bit about my backstory. Um, I fell into the talent acquisition space. Uh, I was a project manager and was specifically actually um I guess, reach out to because I had no background in talent acquisition. And um, I, my first project in the space is about a year. 
And when it got done, I looked around and was like, this is awesome. I want, I want more. And really kind of continued in that world um, up until say 2020, which is when uh, my story uh, took a bit of a, a different turn um, in a good way. But I uh, ended up, um, I fell and I hit my head mat and I can't remember anything from before that occurred. And so um, when I rejoined the talent acquisition world, after that happened about probably six months later, um, I had a very unique uh white slate or beginner's mindset. Um, because again, I didn't have my rearview mirror from the past that was guiding me forward. Obviously a very traumatic thing to, 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 to happen. Tell us um, about what happened when you, when you got back to work, what were you working on? And you know, what did you, what did you bring to that? Absolutely. So, um, my former leader, Claire Jean Cola Balmaris, knew me from before I had hit my head and knew that I was tech savvy and a project manager and kind of had all those pieces of the puzzle and also had kind of watched my story. Um, I was one of the first people in our state here in Minnesota in the States uh, to have COVID-19. And um, I realized very early on that it was an abstract fear until it had a face. And so I story told my experience. Um, up until I was actually in the hospital in kidney failure. And um, that's where I had fallen and hit my head, which resulted in the accident of the beginner's mindset. And so Claire had reached out um, in the summer and said, hey, I've got this role. It's a really robust tech stack. Um, and there's some things going on. Uh, would you consider coming on board? And um, I was a little hesitant at first, but had met with um, the leadership team at Regis and was like, okay, I'm on. And so um, ultimately I was hired to solve a technical issue with um, some of the solutions that our franchisees had um, out there in the field. And um, because I couldn't trust my, um, my rear view mirror, because uh, I essentially have amnesia from before I hit my head, um, I had really dove, dove into user experience research in order to figure out what's the problem. Um, you know, it's almost like method acting. So you really get into kind of the shoes of, uh, of the people who are using your technology or facing this, this problem. Um, how big is it? How deep is it? How does it feel? Kind of all the different ends and, and everything. And so when I I uh, started at Regis, I did a full discovery, so we call it, and um, dove into the problem. And um, what I found was uh, pretty surprising. And so um, we did have broken technology. It wasn't working, but ultimately we also, the problem was a lot bigger, Matt. Um, we weren't calibrating the importance of talent acquisition. And like I said before, in the salon industry, if you don't get talent acquisition right, you can't open your doors, right? So um this is a problem that we had to make sure to calibrate or set the stage for and um, really get our franchisees understanding about it on like just how important this is. Um, and without doing that first, we were kind of like fighting a battle uphill. Talk us through what you did to help that recalibration. Absolutely. So um, first it came from really understanding what's the problem. So if you can't understand where the problem is kind of in current state and all of the edges and, and sides of it, it's really difficult to define where you're going in the future state because ultimately we've got to be the neck that turns the head. We can't be the iron fist when it comes to these large scale changes. And so 
um, understanding the problem was really kind of the first part. And then also understanding where is it we want to go, right? Because when we calibrate like our future state or what success looks like, um, that can't just be my success, right? It's got to be my success, your success, CFO's success, CEO's success, operation success, franchisee success. And when we can get all of those to stack on top of each other and match, we've got a calibrated problem and at least we're marching in the right direction because um, we're all aligned. And so first step was really understand that problem, then truly get everybody um, aligned with what does success look like. And one of the big things with user experience research um, in kind of the UX world is we don't want to assume, right? We want to ask those sharp questions that let that story come forward. And if our processes, if our strategies are built on assumptions, we, um, we're going to likely get it wrong because assuming is one of the number of ways to get it wrong. But really asking those sharp questions to bring the story forward, step one, understand what's going on. Step two, understand where you want to go by making sure that what success looks like is defined and calibrated across all the different parties that are experiencing the problem. And once you have those two pieces, then we start looking at solutioning and where do we go from there. Give us a little bit of context in terms of obviously not prioritizing talent acquisition was was the issue. How did that problem manifest itself? And how did you effectively use technology to, to change that and improve the situation? Absolutely. So, um, Yes, the problem manifested itself by we didn't have profitable franchisees. And um, so our former CEO had said, you know, it's our job to make sure that franchisees are profitable. And when I looked at that of like, you know, my how, do, how are we going to put a man on the moon, Mr. President, kind of big problem, um, the way that I was going to help our franchisees be profitable was by making sure that they had the tools um, to effectively recruit um, and retain staff out there in the field because that if we didn't solve that piece, it didn't matter if a customer walked through those doors, if they didn't have a stylist to cut their hair, we were going to have a problem. And so um, really just starting with, um, you know, that piece was, I guess, part of it. And then really understanding like the discovery process and where the problem was helped me to advocate to leadership to make sure that, um, their eyes were turned on the problem too, because ultimately when you have some of these big uh, issues like this and you might have a misalignment with leadership, um, if I tell you what the problem is, we're probably not going to um, get to the right place. But if I point your head in the direction of the problem and you go over there and look at it and then come back to me and say, hey, Jenny, did you know that there's a problem over here? It's we're able to then kind of move forward um, because you first recognize that there's something going on. I'm really interested to know more about the solutions that you put in place. What type of technology was it? What did the solutions actually do? And, and how do they resonate with the franchisees and the other people in the business? When we um, started on this tech journey, it was really important, again, once we knew what the problem was, since we knew what our what our needs were for the franchises, but also for us internally, because remember, we have 60 plus brands. And so being able to tell a story of numbers in terms of what's converting, um, what's working, what doesn't, what can we change is really critical. And if I didn't have that data or that infrastructure to be able to tell me those stories or, um, I guess, collect the dots so that we could further connect the dots, um, we were going to have a problem. And so one of my big things is I needed an infrastructure to tell this story. And then for the franchisee side, they really needed 
um, something that was going to put in essentially guardrails in place to ensure that intentionality was delivered to the, the um, to the candidate every single solitary time. That couldn't be uh, nice to have. It had to be a need to have because in the salon industry, we have a shrinking pool of stylists and um, therefore it's critical that we're incredibly intentional with that stylist when we do come across them. And so um, I went through a full uh, due diligence and talked to many, 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 almost 60 different companies in the HR tech space and um, got through that whole process. And I was looking for a couple key pieces. One of those was um, if they could play with 60 plus brands. And if they said yes, my question was, show me how, because that how question is really important when we're evaluating technology. Um, And the second was, are you GDPR compliant? Um, And while GDPR isn't something that specifically affects our our friends in the States, um, the answer to that question is very indicative of where... um, where that technology or um, kind of use privacy and privacy is so incredibly important. And so got through all those 60 companies, nobody had an answer. And so I turned uh, to somebody who we had under MSA and I asked them to partner with us to build what we needed to build. And that company was Paradox. Um, And so uh, leadership from Paradox and I had some conversations early on and I said, you know, I've got 60 plus brands. You guys know that that's a nightmare in terms of like company infrastructure um, and telling stories with numbers. And most people won't want to play with us, but I think that's the wrong business case. And you guys should play with us because if you do, you can solve for really any unique um, global business case. And Paradox saw the, um, I guess the, the allure or the positives in that. And we decided to begin and that was fall of 2020. And um, we essentially took where McDonald's had left off with the McHire project and um, posed the same question. What if we made it simple? And um, we decided to begin with our unique kind of world of the salon industry. And so brought a cross section of our franchisees to the table in order to pose that question, really rally them around um, the problem to become co-creators and, um, and then we decided to begin, and it was a process of um, test, sharpen, sharpen, test. Um, and through that, uh, we developed technology that's really never been done before, and it's solving some very huge needs in our industry. And what does the candidate experience feel like and, and look like? If I was a stylist, which I'm not, <laughs> but if I was, what would it be like? Um, what would the process be like for applying for a job at one of your franchisees? Absolutely. So um, the process would be, depending on where you first engaged with Olivia, who's our conversational AI, um, Olivia would ask you questions. Um, and some of those sharp questions would be, are you are you legally um, able to work in the country for which you're applying or a country or state for which you're applying? Um, and do you have a license? So really basic questions. And the answer to those questions would determine whether or not we're going to auto-schedule you for an interview with one of our hiring managers in the field. And so um, if I'm going through and I say that, hey, Olivia, my name is Jenny. Um, she asked me, are you legally authorized to work in the States? I say yes. Uh, Olivia asked me if I have a, um, a license. I say I do. Um, Olivia is going to automatically schedule me, say if Matt's the hiring manager, um, 
put an interview with me on that schedule for the next two days. And um, that interview will automatically pop up on that schedule. He'll say, um, he'll have a notification that says, uh, Jenny Cody Kangas just applied for a job. You've got an interview with her at two o'clock tomorrow. And uh, then he, she could, or he could see the background of our conversation and we'll throw an application out there um, eventually, which is more of that traditional way of applying. But really, we're going to interrupt that process of applying, um, get the interview in the books, and then go through some of the more tactical pieces. Um, and then we would have an interview. And that could be done either virtually through the technology um, right there in the app, or it can be done um, live in person or via phone. But regardless, Olivia is going to follow up with Matt afterwards. Ask Matt, hey, how did the interview go with Jenny? Um, Matt can answer that question. Uh, Olivia is going to ask, would you want to extend an offer or you're looking to move forward? Matt might say, you know, we want to bring her in for a technical interview or we want to extend an offer. Um, if it's a technical interview, Olivia would help schedule that interview and automatically putting that on both parties' um, calendars. But then if we're going to extend an offer, Olivia is going to help do that right there in that um, application, which is on iOS and Android. And um, that would automatically go to me, Matt, on my phone or um, in my email. And I would have an instant offer letter that um, is welcoming to the organization. And Olivia would help me go through the background check process, um, fill out my tax forms, which our laws in the states changed uh, regarding kind of how we do um, some of the tax world. And it's very confusing to most people. And so Olivia will help you fill out those questions um, and really makes the process incredibly frictionless. It sounds to me that there's still a degree of flexibility in there for individual franchisees to do different types of interview and, and those kind of things. So is it sort of facilitating that that consistency, but also some flexibility as well? Yes. Um, important to note, Paradox's technology is Lego blocks. It is not written in stone. And um, what I mean by that is uh, in order to get hiring right, one of the things that we learned in that discovery process was one size fits all didn't work because our franchisees didn't have one size fits all needs. Some of them were large, some of them were small, um, different infrastructures in terms of reporting um, and approval processes. And um, again, the needs, they didn't match. And so how do you solve those? Well, you can try to um, get the perfect blueprint, but there's not going to be a perfect blueprint. And so what we really worked on building with um, Paradox was essentially the perfect Lego blocks to be able to put into that process. And then we made the process of building very, very, very easy. So think of it like um, the Lego movie. Um, we're really empowering everybody to be those master builders. And so our franchisees put the Lego blocks in the right um, order for them. And in that process, they become co-creators. They're bought into it too. So it helps um, spur user adoption. And um, essentially at the end of that process, which takes just a couple days, because um, we've made it very, very easy for them they've got a custom to them kind of design process. And so, again, there's no one size fits all. Um, the Olivia solution that um, our franchisees have and is live with almost half of our salons now after just a couple months of being um, taking this project fully live. Um, that's, I think I want to say it's about 700 unique instances of technology that are built now. And um, those do not match. There's no one-to-one -one match um, because, again, all of the needs when it comes to hiring 
they're going to be different. And in order to get it right, we've got to build those Lego blocks, right? Instead of building the, the, perfect, uh, the perfect Lego house. Now that's um, that, that, that's fascinating um, in terms of in terms of being able to do that. Obviously, it's a project that's still rolling out. What results are you seeing from it, and what are the next steps? How are you going to develop things further? The results we're seeing are incredible. <laughs> um, I've got some markets where we had conversion, so interest to say application or applied, um, which were the traditional markers that we would kind of track success off of. Um, we would see that in like the 30% historically with our former vendor. And um, today we're seeing conversions from interest to interviews scheduled in nearly 90%, um, which is incredibly high. And so, again, a lot of people, when they're having issues at the top of their funnel or not having enough candidates, they'll instantly go and throw more candidates at the top because that's how we fix it. But if you're putting more candidates into a colander, right, Um that's not going to help you because you're still losing people to that process. And so step one always needs to be, let's replace that, that colander with an actual funnel so that when we find that person, we're not going to lose them through a friction build process. And so our first step was really of replacing that colander with the funnel. And now it's how do we um, synthesize kind of what's working, what doesn't those best practices back to the franchisees and how do we start to augment or get more people at that top of the funnel so that we have more people in the bottom. And so um, we have three pretty large projects uh, currently in state with Paradox. One of those is the franchise project, um, which I'm talking about right now with Validia. Um, and that's for our 6,600 franchisees um, or 6,600 locations. Uh, the second is a complete redesign of our websites. And so that's with Paradox's sister company, recruiting.com. And um, that's been extraordinary because ultimately it's all about the experience, right? So we have to make sure that we're telling that right story in order to attract um, attract the stylist. And um, then the third project is we had a very friction-filled instance of an applicant tracking system internally at corporate. And we are in the process of um, replacing that with the technology that we've co-developed with um, Paradox. And so, again, corporate's very different from franchise. And so the change management journey, um, while, you know, I don't have to, to serve 6,600 locations with this one, I've got to address some pretty... Uh, rigid, sometimes design biases internally as we're looking at how do we create something differently. And so those are kind of the three projects of what we've got going on right now in my world. It sounds like you've done an incredible job at driving change through a very complicated organization, you know, very quickly and coming up with a technology solution that, that really drives things forward. What would your advice be to the other TA leaders who are, who are listening, who, who might be facing similar challenges? What would your advice be in terms of how they can do something similar within their organization? Absolutely. So um, I think one of the, the first things I would say, Matt, is a beginner's mindset is really important. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I had the, the luxury in many ways of, um, an accidental beginner's mindset. And so when I hit my head, I lost that rear view mirror. Um, but what I also lost was my design bias for what good looked like. And so when I didn't have those, those guardrails telling me what success looked like, um, 
I could really go and ask those questions to figure out what the problem was and what success looked like. And then once we figured that out, reverse engineer to solve for it. And so really bringing that beginner's mindset um, to the table is absolutely critical in the world today because y'all like what's worked historically doesn't work today. That's why we're kind of where we're at and um, humans and how they interact with things and what works and what doesn't and what they like and what they don't like. That's subjective. The only way to be able to get that right is to ask those sharp questions and to really listen. And so I'd say the beginner's mindset first would be number one. Um, Second, check your design bias the door. And um, the third is really ask the sharp questions to figure out what's going on. That um, I use the double uh, diamond model of design, which came from the UK. And I kind of like that one because there's a good visual for it. And then the the design, like the diamond on the left, essentially, you're really digging into what's the problem, what's going on here. You never solution when you're in that diamond. And so it's really about painting the picture, what's the story, that method acting of like, what's going on. Um, Leaders in TA today need to do more of that. Um, A lot of the time, what I've seen is people will will dive in thinking they've got the problem right. And um, if, again, if we're assuming we know what motivates a stylist, or assuming why somebody's going to leave, um, we can't actually get it right because many times what's presenting itself um, out of the gates isn't the actual true story. And so I think those would be some of my um, recommendations to the TA leaders out there. And also I think another one is you got to be the neck that turns the head. You can't be the iron fist. And so what I mean by that, Matt, is um, a lot of people will – find the solution, build the right solution. And then when it comes to rolling that out, they'll, um, they'll, they'll essentially mandate it. So here's the blueprint. Here's what you want to do. They don't hit on that with them or what's in it for me. And that go-to-market strategy aspect, you've really got to think of that like a marketing or a sell, right? And so you've got to tell that story of what's in it for that user. Why should they do this? What are they going to get out of it? Paint that picture for what success looks like. And when you do that alongside of actual users, you can really get it a lot more, um, you know, narrow in the bullseyes that you actually land. Final question. What does the future look like? Where do you think recruiting's going? I suppose both within your organization, but just generally. Oh, gosh, that's a big question, Matt. <laughs> um, where do I think recruiting's going? I think um, out there you're seeing a lot of companies um, that are that are spinning to get things right. And they're sometimes leaning into um, solutions to address symptoms instead of solutions to to address root issues. And um, ultimately, in order to get it right, we've really got to start addressing those underlying issues instead of the symptoms. And so I think you're going to see a little bit of a divergence of, um, of the how in the months to come. And you're going to see people who are who are digging into some of those root issues. And then you're going to see some people who are just kind of simply doing that more um, transactional symptom mitigation. And ultimately, like while those might seem like little steps are very similar right now, um, those changes end up becoming pretty significant when you scale back and, and over time. And so I think uh, we're going to see a little bit more of that. That'd be my guess. And um, my hope is that, you know, the talent acquisition world, I think... I think truly that we want to get it right, um, not be right. In order to get it right, we've got to we've got to become good team players, and we've got to ask what the problems are, and 
really build those collaborations with people in our organizations too, because it's got to be us versus the problem. We can't get it right if it's you versus me, Matt. And so um, I hope that that's one of the things that comes um, kind of with the future here in the TA space. Jenny, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Matt. Have a wonderful day now. My thanks to Jenny. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me.